Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Well, hey, before we get into our message this morning, if we can, I just want to take the time just to to pray with y'all because obviously we're a church, right? And uh, there are several people that are out under the weather. I know myself, I've been under the weather just this past week or so. And so uh, one of the things that we have assurance of is that the Word of God says that God is a healing God. He says that the anointing destroys the yoke, removes the burden. And so therefore, let's just pray as a church. Pray over yourself. If you've been feeling some things within your physical body, let's just believe that as we pray, God's power is quickening our mortal flesh, our physical bodies, and creating a change. Amen? And and, and just even for that matter, let's just pray for just an immunity, if you will, just that as we continue in this season that God's hand is at work within our bodies, protecting us and giving us the ability to, to be free from dealing with all the sickness and junk of this life. Amen? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for every single person that's in this place this morning. Every person that's not in this place, that Lord feels themselves under the, just the, the, the weight of just that bug of this time of year. God, we thank you that the word of God says that by your stripes we were made whole and we are healed. And so, Father, we thank you for the healing power of God that's at work within our bodies from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Lord, creating and forming the perfection of what your hand has made in us. And so, God, we thank you that we walk and leave this place being different, feeling different, sensing the hand of God touching our bodies. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. Amen. Now, let me just give you a little bit of a heads up in regards to the season as it goes. There might be times that you sense in your body that there's a scratch in your, your throat or just an ache in your head or a soreness or whatever the case might be. Well, don't just let it come. Don't just sit there and say, well, I think I'm getting something. No, get on it right away. Lord, I thank you that the power of God is able to withstand this. So in Jesus' name, I'm taking my stand, standing on the Word of God. And sickness, you can't come in this body. You can't linger. You can't stay because I'm a child of God. Amen? Just purpose to get on top of that. How many of you taking your vitamin C? Vitamin B and all the other stuff. Well, why do you do that? You do that as a preventative thing, right? Well, praise God. Stir yourself up on God's love and God's concern for us. Praise the Lord. Well, as I said, this is our final week of the, the series we've been on called Meat Eater. Uh, hopefully, it's been a blessing to you. If you recall, we saw that Paul said this. He said, you know, when it comes to us as children of God, he says, I encourage you to be meat eaters. And one of the things that he was referring to was speaking of the Word of God. He said, now, there is a diet that you can partake of that gives you the meat of God's Word or a steady, consistent diet that causes you to grow. But he also says there's the milk of God's Word that really doesn't give you the benefit that leads you into the blessing and God's best for your life. And we could say it this way. If all your diet contains or consists of the Word of God is maybe when you come to church or maybe every other Sunday when you come to church, you're not getting a steady diet. So therefore, you're really just getting milk of God's Word. And therefore, really, it doesn't have the ability 
to produce God's best in your life. So what he's saying is that I desire for you to have a steady diet of my word, and in doing so, it creates an awareness of who I am in you, and you begin to experience my best for your life. Amen? Now, with that being said, as we can conclude this, this series today, you know, I don't know if you're like I am as you start to read the Word of God and you start to examine just the, the stories of God's Word and think, dear God, how did they ever do that? Or can you, can you believe that, that they actually accomplished those things in God? You know, you think about uh, 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 Noah in the ark, you think, wow. Can you believe that he built a boat that big and nobody had ever built a boat like that before? But just following the direction of the Lord. Or Moses for that matter. You know, he's standing up against the, the greatest nation in the world of Egypt at the time. And God says, now I want you to go face him face to face and tell him let my people go. And eventually he gives in to the command or the direction of the Lord, right? And so what is it that calls them to, to be able to do these feats or to carry out these exploits or the plans of God for their lives. It was because they had a relationship with God and knew God, or more importantly, they had a relationship with God's Word, or they kept His law, if you will. And even with that, on the other side of that, you begin to look at the disciples, and, and, and again, I look at these young fellows, you know, they're just young and living life and trying to get ahead in life, and just, just like you and I are. But then there's this guy that comes along and he starts to talk to him. And really he just starts preaching to him. He takes him out, goes fishing, and they catch a bunch of fish. But then he says, hey, come follow me. And the Bible says that they recklessly abandoned it all and they followed Jesus. And I'm thinking to myself, how in the world do these guys just drop everything upon meeting Jesus and say, okay, I'll come follow you. I'm thinking, what was it about him? But the fact of what was the strength or what was enticing about Jesus was the words that he spoke or actually was the word of God living in the flesh speaking to him. And as they heard him speak to them, it pulled on their heart, but it wasn't just the words in which he spoke. It was the love that was in his words that compelled them to follow in other words, it was the love of God that drew them to him and gave them a desire to follow after Jesus. And see, that's what God is desiring for us, is to come to a place of where we know him, where we follow him, where when he says, turn to the left, we go to the left. When he says, go to the right, we go to the right. And you're thinking, oh, dear God, every Sunday we sing that song. I say, let's go to the left. I don't want to go to the left. <laughs> no, what are we doing? We're, we're, we're signifying, God, wherever you lead, I'll go. I'll follow you, Lord. Even if it seems difficult, that's where I'll go. Why? Because I know what your word says about me. I know who I am. I am and I am who you say that I am amen why because I begin to understand the love and the heart of God for me in this life and once again Paul was saying this the apostle was very bold at saying if you don't partake of God's meat or the word in your life you won't experience God's best how many times have we talked to individuals that they go to church occasionally, and I'm not talking about this church, I'm talking about people you might know somewhere else, and you look at their life, and their life doesn't reveal 
anything of a relationship with God. You know what I'm talking about? Because you realize church was never about formality or tradition or religion. It was all about coming into a relationship with Him. And church really just gets us connected to the body of Christ and jumpstarts us in a relationship of knowing Him. Amen? And so once again, God or Paul saying, I want you to understand that the Word of God brings you into the grace, the love, and the mercy of God. But Paul also spoke about another meat, if you will. Another partaking of meat, of flesh. And he was referring to walking after the flesh side of man. The carnal side of man. You see, when we receive Christ, when Jesus comes into our heart, God makes us brand new on the inside, right? In fact, maybe you can think about it. When we, when we truly have a convert, conversion of knowing who Jesus is, when Jesus truly comes into our heart, there's something that begins to change inside, there's a desire. There, there, there's something that stirs on the inside to know Him. Come on, does anybody know what I'm talking about? When you ask Jesus into your heart, something felt different, like life looked different. Why? Because something changed on the inside. And I would really challenge you, if life hasn't ever changed or if there hasn't been an impulse on the inside of, I just want to know God, then my question is, is maybe you've never come face to face with God because when the disciples came face to face with Jesus, the love of God compelled them to follow. Amen? And so Paul says, listen, there, even though you receive Christ into your life, the inward man changes there's a desire to know him but there's this outward man that we still have to contend with does anybody know what I'm talking about you receive Christ but the outside the physical man the carnal man still has its impulses its desires it has its affections because again this is the life that we live in this world right in fact, the flesh has its desires. And, and, and Paul says, don't think it's strange. He says, that's just a part of living this life. That's normal. And do you realize that before you received Christ, there was a normal way of living that was separated from God, that was displeasing to God, right? But when we receive Christ, something on the inside says, I don't want to be displeasing to God. I want God to be pleased with me. And there are some things that begin to change on the inside. Convictions that say, you know what? Maybe I should start to change the way I live this life. But even though there's that impulse on the inside or the pull to make some changes, how many of you know that the outward man still has a pull on the direction of life? Right? Paul said this. He says... Even though you're a Christian and Jesus did something brand new on the inside and even though you know that there's a pull on the inside, he says, this outward man, he says, you're going to have to do something about that. You're going to have to choose to make some shifts and changes concerning this outward man. He says, don't give place to the outward man or its desires. In fact, in Galatians Chapter 5, verse 17, 
He says, for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Come on. Have you ever felt that tug of war on the inside of you at different times? Where your, your, your heart compels you to do something, but your flesh compels you to do something else. Right? I mean, think about it for that matter. I, I mean, we don't have to get overly spiritual. But think about it, you know. How many of you know that God wants the best for you? So how many of you know that God wants you physically healthy in your body, right? You know, if you're struggling with being overweight or just needing to get uh, in shape, how many of you know that God is concerned about that? And if we just allow ourselves to listen, there will be a pulling and a drawing on the inside that says, why don't you get healthy? Why don't you do a little exercise? Why don't you change your diet? Right? Come on, has anybody heard that scratching on the inside? I know I'm not the only one, right? Get healthy. Change your diet. Get, get physically fit. And even though there's that scratching on the inside, how many of you had your flesh have other ideas? Right? You know, you're thinking, all right, I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to stop eating all the junk food. And then you go out to the restaurant, and they say, would you like dessert with that? <laughs> and they present all the options. Or you could have the good salad, but then you start looking at all the fried food. Right? See, there is a pulling and a drawing that the flesh has. Or maybe, you know, you're going to going to bed at night or you're thinking, I, I know I should go to bed because i got to get up early in the morning. And, and you just, you know, you just keep fooling around and one more hour, one more program, whatever it is. And before you know it, you let yourself sl uh, 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 be robbed of sleep because of just, you know what, I wanted to stay up late. You know what I mean? I don't know if anybody else is like that, but I can sit there and watch TV and think, okay, I need to go to bed. And then there's something, oh, maybe I'll just sit there and watch that for just a little minute. <laughs> yeah, a little cliffhanger, <laughs> you know, keep, keeps you drawing you back. Right? Come on, does anybody know what I'm talking about? See, there's the flesh that will pull you in a direction all the while something on the inside is pulling you in a direction which is better for your welfare. And that isn't just a spiritual thing of saying, well, if you read the Bible, you'll get further ahead in life. You realize your physical man is just as necessary to be healthy from a spiritual standpoint because if you're not healthy, you can't be any good to God's benefit, right? So you see how all these things have a way of intersecting one another. Uh, for that matter, how many of you have ever said, you know what, I'm just going to go window shopping. I'm not going to spend any money. You know, I just really don't have it right now in the budget. I shouldn't be doing that. But before too long, you walk out of the store and you've got all kinds of packages, right? And you're like, man, I never had any intention on spending that much money. Or you justified it and say, well, I didn't spend any money, praise the Lord. I put it on credit cards. <laughs> you know, I'll pay it off next month. But what did you do? You gave into compulsion. And how many of you know that God wants you to be financially sound and that benefits you spiritually just as much as it does naturally? But there's this impulse that the flesh will say, I want gimme, gimme, gimme. Right? And if you'll feed the flesh, if you'll give into the cravings and the desires of the flesh, it can lead you down a path 
that gets you into trouble. The spirit and the flesh are constantly warring against one another. Amen? Some of you that are sitting here today, you won the battle of the flesh this morning because you woke up and you said, you know what, I, I really don't feel good, don't really feel like it, I think I'll sleep in, I'll just stay home today. And you said, well, no, I guess I'll get up and I'll go to church. So there was that war going on, but you decided to show up. But there's other people that aren't here this morning, and they, they fell victim to the battle, to the war. They had a late night last night, Saturday night, and they're like, you know, dear God, you know, I'm going to go listen to the Christmas music tonight, so I just won't go to church this morning. I'll sleep in, right? So the flesh has an appetite, and they war against one another. And so Paul is saying, listen, if you'll learn how to feed your spirit on the meat of God's word, it will help you take a stand when the flesh is saying, I want to partake of, or I want you to feed me. Amen? Why is that? Because the Bible says that when you partake of the Word of God or God's meat, it says that your mind is renewed. And you realize that that's where the battlefield begins, is in the mind, right? Come on, how many of you know that somebody that's ever had an affair in their life never sought, sought out to say, you know what, I'm going to work today and I'm going to have an affair? You know, I, just think, I think it sounds like a good idea. <laughs> never, never did that before. I think I'll try that out today. No, it don't start out that way. I mean, you go to work, and then there's that person that says hello, and you think, well, man, they kind of smiled at me. And then you start thinking on it, and the thoughts start going on in your mind, and then you give place to the thought, and it continues, and it festers, and then you give place to the hello tomorrow and then lunch tomorrow, and it leads into something. Why? Because you gave place to the thought of mind, and it led you down a path that got you over into the flesh, right? So the Word of God begins to change the way you think. And you think, well, do I, do I think in Bible terms? No, it just helps you to think like God because it's God's heart and God's Word that's speaking into your heart. What the, the, the disciples, do you realize that the disciples acted like Jesus when they walked this earth? Jesus says, now listen, I want you to go start ministering. I'm going to send you out. You go minister to the sick. You go preach the gospel. He says, and then come back and give me a report. Well, how do you think that they acted? They acted just like Jesus, and they talked just like Jesus did because they hung around him. And it wasn't that they were getting all this Bible poured into them. It was the living Word of God that spoke into their life, and they just began to live it out because of the relationship that they had with him. And the Word of God begins to cultivate a relationship with God where you begin to have the heart of God and know his heart. But as I said, the Bible says that there is going to be this constant battle with our flesh and our spirit. You can either feed on the flesh or the meat of God's Word, or you can feed this flesh. You'll do one or the other, and you'll get the results of one or the other. The Bible says this in Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to read it from the Message Bible, but in chapter 5, verse 19... Paul is telling us what a person 
that lives in the flesh looks like. And he doesn't give an exhaustive list. He even goes on to say, I've already talked to you about this time again. He says, and I could actually continue to keep on telling you more stuff. This is just a short list of things concerning the flesh. He said, but this is what it looks like. This is the kind of individual that lives by the flesh and for the flesh before you knew Jesus. He says, but this is also crept back over into your life. Notice what he says here. He says, it's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time or living by the flesh, one translation says. He says, it's repetitive. It's loveless. It's just cheap sex. It's a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. It's frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket, God's magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love and to be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small minds and, and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habits of deep, deep, uh, personalizing everyone into rival. He says uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. He says, I could go on. He says... This isn't the first time that I've warned you, you know. He said, if you use your freedom or your freedom in Christ, he says, you'll not inherit the kingdom of God. He says, don't use your freedom this way. Don't say, well, I'm free in Jesus. Therefore, there is no accountability. Let's just live life like we feel compelled to do. Well, how many of you that... Know that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you're not going to have cravings and desires of the flesh. Amen? Now let me just be very frank, and, and hopefully you understand my point in saying this. And again, I'm just making the point. But even though I'm a preacher, I'm also a man, Right? If I allowed myself to be put in compromised positions with a woman long enough, chances are the physical man would give over into temptation if the physical man continued to feed the appetite and the, and the uh, uh, landscape of, of those conditions. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't matter whether I'm a preacher. I'm still a man with physical desires. And so if not guarded, everybody is susceptible to being caught up in the flesh. Right? And so the Bible is telling us, don't give place to that because you won't inherit the kingdom of God. Or really, he's saying, you won't experience God's best. Come on. God wants us to experience God's best. But too often times, we're living like the old man when there's constantly this pull to say, come on, let's just go higher. Let's go to this place of knowing God. Amen? And the moment we receive Christ, there is something on the inside of us that desires to live for Him, that wants to satisfy Him. Amen? When we get married, you know, my, as, as a husband and wife, and God makes 
the comparison of a relationship with him as a marriage, I can think back to when she and I was dating Kelly and I, and you never let each other see the bad side. You know what I mean? You might have been different, but I'm saying, you know, when we're dating, you only show the best you. You kind of let things slide just because, you know what, I don't want to get ugly. I'm just going to show my best side. But then you get married, and for whatever reason, the affection and the guard that you had starts to slip a little bit, doesn't it? Just because you start getting comfortable, it just becomes secondhand. Well, we're married anyways, so she ain't going nowhere. And so what do you end up doing? You start acting out in the flesh just simply because you can. Right? But there was a time where I guarded myself. I didn't let her see the ugly side of me because I wanted to impress her. I wanted to love her. But somewhere down the road, I just let my guard down. And that's what happens in our relationship with God. When we first receive Christ, there's something that compels us. that says, man, I just want to know God. I want to please God. I want to live for God. And it just seems like there's this honeymoon phase. And again, I'm talking about, you know, when we truly come into a conversion to know Christ, it's like, God, this is awesome. I mean, it's almost like you can hear the angels singing. You know, it's like, whoa, church is awesome. Preaching is awesome. The worship's awesome. I mean, you don't, I mean, you just, you're in a, uh, this fresh place. But then as time goes on, our affection towards God starts to wane, doesn't it? Why is that? Because we've allowed the flesh or we've started partaking of the flesh desire once again that has pulled us out of or away from the intimate place with God. Amen? And so I, I think I've shared this before. Well, I'll share this verse with you before I share that example. But in Galatians chapter 5, verse 24, it says, And those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh and its passions and its desires. So once again, Paul is saying, if you're in Christ, you've got a purpose to crucify them and put down those flesh or put down those desires. Amen? And once again, we've made the example of just natural things, but it, goes, it reaches the gamut. I've got to choose to say no or choose to follow Christ. And, and the example that I was getting ready to share is that it's like this life or this life of being a believer is like being on train tracks and there's multiple tracks that are running parallel with one another. In fact, I was driving downtown Flint just the other day and, and it, it just kind of caught me off guard because I looked over the expressway and as I looked down there in the little valley... There was probably, I don't know, a dozen railroad tracks. I mean, it was back in the heyday when the industry was traveling on rail. But there's all these rails running parallel with one, and out, with one another. You know, it's vacant and empty now. But one day they were full of trains and cars. And on this life of being a believer, that's exactly how it is. There's these rails that run and I can be over here in this outside lane that as, as I'm living this life, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I'm living the life of being in the flesh. I give in to my cravings and my desires all the time. And then 
there comes a time where I'm like, you know what, God? I need to make some adjustments. And the awesome thing about God is, is that I don't have to wait for the next rail alignment to come in place to where I can jump the track. At will, I can just say, you know what? I'm ready to come over into this next lane. And when I take that step to get onto this next track, notice we're still heading in the same direction, but I've just stepped out of that place over here. Over there was a lot of flesh. In fact, being in that place is like walking in the mud with your boots on. When you're over here, you can get on the glory train where it's full of grace and full of mercy and full of God's love. And it's, it's propelling me and motivating me. And every time I just fall more in love with Jesus, I step on over to another uh, track. I get over to another track. And it just keeps on getting better and better and better. But when I'm over here on this track, and I'm a Christian, I receive Christ. But man, I am doing it all by myself in the flesh. And like I said, it's like I got my boots on and I'm trying to walk through the mud. Have you ever done that as a kid? You know, I mean, it's deep mud, and you step down, and you know what I'm talking about? You ever done that before? How tiring is it to try to walk through the mud when it keeps trying to suck you down, right? I mean, it's exhausting because, man, I'm really trying to labor, trying to get through this thing. And eventually, I can tire myself right out to where I don't have any strength anymore. And see, that's what happens when we live this life as Christians, just giving in to the flesh's appetite, partaking of the flesh. It gets tiring because I'm doing it by myself. And all the protection that I did have, man, it just seems like it just sucked the boot right off my foot. And now it's just me. Amen? And God's wanting us to jump the track to learn how to walk with Him, falling in love with Him to where the desires and the appetites of the flesh don't keep pulling me back into the mud. Amen? Notice what it says here in Romans chapter 8, verse 5. He says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So notice it says it sets their minds on the things of the flesh. If you don't guard your mind, if you don't partake of the meat of God's Word, your mind will have a mind of its own. Amen? Come on. Uh, again, just giving you an example. I was talking with a pastor friend of mine. He pastors a church of, oh, I don't know, 3,500 down in, in, in Sterling Heights. And we were talking about this the other day. He said, you know, Christmas shopping. He says, I'm walking down the mall. And he says, now I'm walking through the mall, and there's the Victoria's Secret store. And he says, and here there's all these provocative and promiscuous mannequins and displays that are all out there. And he says, I'm walking through there. He says, I got my little grandson. And he says, I noticed my grandson is like, <laughs> right? And he says, even for me as a man, he says, I'm finding myself like, you know, trying to guard my, guard my eyes, guard my thoughts. Your thought life will have a mind of its own if you don't train your mind to think the right thoughts. And you say, well, how does the Word of God do that? Just as I begin to get into the Word, as I give place to it, it begins to shape my thinking. Why? Because it 
is the heart of God. It's the love of God. It's the voice of God. Amen? As I said before, it might not be Scripture that comes bubbling up in your heart. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Don't look at that picture. Well, that might, might not be what you have in your heart or what comes up, but there might just be an overwhelming something on the inside that says, man, it just grieves my heart. If it grieves my heart, it must grieve the heart of God. And so you just choose not to do it. Amen. Are you tracking with me this morning? When we're meat eaters, we're training the mind. The effort of walking in the mud can cause you to get tired if we feed the flesh. But God says, I want you to renew your mind. Be meat eaters so that you don't give over to the flesh. Amen? I'll close with this example. I shared with you guys just over the last few weeks that I've gotten back into hunting and things of that nature. And uh, just as of late, uh, as a result of hunting, I put out some trail cams just to see the deer that are coming through. Well, one of the things that I discovered is that there's this big group of raccoons that keep coming in and eating all my bait. There's probably about six of them. And so after the firearm season, I thought, you know what? I'm going to go back there and I'm going to catch those buggers. They keep eating my bait. They keep messing up the, 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 the hunting area that I'm in. I'm going to go back there and I'm going to catch me some raccoons. As a teenager, I did a lot of trapping and I enjoyed that. I kind of enjoyed the outdoors, fishing, hunting, and all that kind of stuff. I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to go back out there and I'm going to catch me some coon. Well, as a teenager, I had very limited success. I caught a few uh, animals, caught a bobcat, caught different things, you know, but really was limited in my success. And I thought that I did enough research and I read books and stuff back then. And back then, they didn't have the internet. They didn't have Google. They just had hard copy books. Well, so then as I was doing some research, the research was is that they've got the, or my research found that there's these new traps that they have. They're dog-proof and cat-proof traps. It's just a trap that the, the, the animals reach in and it just kind of grabs hold of their wrist or their arm and don't let them go. And so I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to get me some of them traps. So I got a couple of them and I started doing some research. And one of the things that I researched, they said, the, the guy said, listen, he said, if you're trying to catch raccoon, he says, you can set the right perfect set. He said, but unless you're setting it where they're at, he says, you can miss them even though your setting is perfect. He said, if you'll find out where they're traveling, he says, you'll find that they have runs or runways or basically roads that they travel. And I thought, you know what? I never knew that. Here I was trying to catch raccoons when I was a teenager and doing it all the wrong way. And I thought, but you know what? I found some trails back there, and that must be where all those raccoons are coming from because I see all the raccoons on, raccoons on, on the camera. So he said, listen, if you'll take one of these traps, he says, put it smack dab right in the middle of the trail. He said, and you'll catch them. So I was like, all right. So I went out there, set it right there in the middle of the thing. I come out there the next day, first time I set that trap. Came out there like, hee-hee, raccoon, come on. Got him. Well, the next day, I went out there, and you know what? I had a possum. Next day, I went out, I lost a coon. Went out the next day, caught me a possum. You know what? 
those possums never intended on being raccoons, but they walked the path that the raccoons were on, and they got caught regardless. Amen? You know, we as Christians, we say, well, you know what? I'm a Christian. I don't get caught up with that stuff. I won't get caught. Listen, if you're walking on the path where the trap is set, it's just a matter of time. I said, it's just a matter of time. Because as I set that trap there, I wasn't intending on catching possums. But because they just happened to come by, they were enticed by the temptation that I set there. You know what I put out there? I put dog food out. Because raccoons like dog food. But I feed my dog salmon dog food. I thought, well, they can't resist that, man. It's, it's fish dog food. And raccoons like fish. And then on top of that, you know, I put this bait around my trap, sprinkle it out there, and then in this trap, it's like a little cylinder. So you put the bait inside the cylinder, and raccoons can't resist in trying to reach into something. But to even more, make it more enticing, I got some sardines, and I spread some sardines all over there. Put a little sardine inside there. What was I doing? I was saying, here's a temptation, Mr. Raccoon, your flesh really likes this. And that raccoon could go by there and say, you know what, I'm not going to get caught. Uh, well, maybe I'll just take a little nibble. But I'm not going to get caught. Oh, that was good. I <laughs> like that. Well, I ate all that. Hmm. There's a little hole right there with some stuff in there. What's in there? Before you know it, they start digging in that hole and grabs hold of their wrist. And once it grabs hold of their wrist, they're caught. And see, that's the subtlety of the flesh. And the enemy knows how to bait the hook to ensnare you and entrap you to keep you on that path of living in the flesh. Oh, I'll never get caught. I'll never let that become an issue in my life. Oh, no, no, I can, I can dabble in it a little bit and, and it won't affect me. Listen, no matter whether you're a coon or whether you're a possum, they'll catch you, right? And so here's my point. My point is, is if we'll purpose to be meat eaters. See, the Bible, you got to hear this. The Bible is not a book of what God is telling you not to do. This book is all about God's love and telling you what you can do. Amen? And so, when you partake of this word, it allows you to have the strength of saying, looking at the temptation, and it doesn't say, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. When the word of God is in you, it empowers you to say, I can walk on right by that. <laughs> Amen? Amen. And here's the thing. The more that I get the word on the inside of me, it takes me off the trail. Because the flesh trail is over there. And that's where the temptation is the greatest. But every time I allow myself to be renewed in my mind, be a meat eater, it puts me on a different path. Puts me on a different path. Puts me on a different path. And every time I go higher, I see it. I see it down there. I see the trap. I see the snare. You're not going to catch me this time because I'm going to be a meat eater. Amen?
Hey, good seeing you, man. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you don't know it by now, your flesh, our flesh likes routine. Routine is easy. Routine is habitual, so therefore I can just fall into what I know. But to be a meat eater means that I got to make a choice. Say, God, I want to love you and I want to make you happy. I want to please you. My children fear me you know, in the, the sense says, of there's a healthy child, respect. Train up a child in the way of not wanting to get in trouble for wrongdoing. But more importantly, they just want to please mom and dad. They just want to make mom and dad proud. They want to know that they have affirmation and love from mom and dad. And so they don't do the right thing so that they don't get in trouble. They do the right thing because they want the love of mom and dad. And so as you choose to follow God, pursue God, allow yourself to get into God's Word, you'll find that you know the heart of God more. And you'll find that you're more pleasing to God than you ever knew because of how much He loves you. And the more you know of how much He loves you, the easier it is to bypass the pull of the flesh. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for every single person in this place. I thank you, Father, that you're equipping us. You're strengthening us by your word. That your word just helps us understand your heart, know your love. And I pray that every single person in this Christmas season would feel the, the pull of God, the love of God, drawing them closer to know you. God, I love you. I thank you for what you're doing in these people's lives. And we purpose to pursue you together. In Jesus' name. Everyone said. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life